Imagine if we could actually understand the root of all of our issues. Well, we've got Dr. Matthew Zanis on episode 64 of No Boring Stories to help with that. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and my favorite Olympic moment was when Donovan Bailey, the Canadian sprinter, won gold at the 92 Atlanta Olympics. Ooh, did that ever fire me up as a little sprinting running kid. Today on the show, we've got somebody who could tell you all about what was happening when Donovan Bailey won that Olympic medal. Dr. Matthew Zanis is the owner of Rooted in Movement, and he is a human movement and vitality expert. Matt works with a broad demographic from Olympians, including the athletes of the gold medal winning USA shooting team in 2020 Tokyo to Navy special warfare and everyone in between. His vision is to create an awareness of new ways of working with the human body in rehabilitation, performance, and coaching circles. Dr. Matthew and I have a great conversation starting with boy bands and ending, well, ending with boy bands and taking us through exactly what does it mean to be rooted in movement. He's got a little bit of teaching and a lot of storytelling here, sharing his incredible journey of going from this kid who had no confidence to the way he is now, which is inspiring confidence in others at an elite level. This is a story you're going to love if you feel like you are getting stuck in the chaos right now. You don't have the confidence to move forward and you're wondering where do you even begin? Let's get right into it. This is a phenomenal conversation. You're gonna love it with Dr. Matthew Zanis. How are you, Matt? I am great. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We are laughing already because here's the thing. We were deep into a conversation just before this. And I was like, we got to hit record right now. And and we got to get this on record because we, okay. So we're both wearing backwards hat. And I was like, it's like we're in a boy band. And then we're like talking about which boy band did we like? And I admit something that I thought was like outlandish, absurd, that I went to my winter formal uh, with my date who accepted this proposal that I was going to dress up like AJ from the Backstreet Boys. So I wore that. I drew a mustache and beard on my face and like open shirt and was waiting for my Backstreet Boys song. And, and you said that you also had an experience of dressing up sort of. Sure. Sure. Like did. Actually, it wasn't all that too long ago. Actually, we put things <laughs> in perspective, which is kind of weird um but not really if you know me all that well uh my last year at pt school at duke i was in a class of 67 or was only i was only one of seven guys and we had actually choreographed in sync's bye 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 and we all got up on stage and did it at like our final like get together formal party at a bar <laughs> in durham north carolina it's in public <laughs> in it's public. not just even the class oh, no. it's like no, anybody no, no. see this i mean there were a solid hundreds of people there <laughs> <laughs> and how many years so last year of pt uh, school how many years ago yeah, that, that would have been about 11 years ago now my goodness no, okay I so i have the excuse of you know i'm a teenager my brain isn't even fully developed yet 
everything I'm doing is to impress this girl. So, of course, I'm going to dress up like her favorite Backstreet Boy. You are like, what can I do to bring back the 90s? Was that it? I don't know. Uh, yeah. And the ironic part is that we are all achieving doctorates at this point, too, <laughs> which is even better. Oh, man. Well, that's it. It's actually maybe that was it. You had just been deep into your books for so many years that you're like, what year is it? Is NSYNC still popular? I needed to like let out my inner JT is what had uh -huh. to happen there. That's it. I had to let it fly like a peacock. Have he brought sexy back yet? Uh, yes, he had definitely brought sexy back, but I brought it back even further and took it to a new <laughs> level. Is exactly I what brought happened it, there. I brought it back to the future again from the, wait, no, yes, absolutely. This is fantastic. This is something in all the conversations we've had, we've never gone here. And I just thought, well, if somebody really wants to know you, they need to know this. This is you. how we do it. And you want to know the funny part about that? You had to draw on the mustache beard thing to look like AJ. <laughs> I am 33 years old and I still need to draw on facial hair. So. <laughs> hey, no judgment. All judgment is reserved on the facial hair front uh, from this from this podcast. Host still waiting anyways. to hit puberty, Alex. We'll get there eventually. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your long locks, at least with the long hair you're showing up today, uh, which you didn't have 11 years ago, but uh, this is how I know you. You are, um, we've known each other for what, a year, two, a year and a half, something like that? Oh, I think I'm two now at this point. And yeah. when we connected, it was, uh, I mean, fast friendship, uh, great mm -hmm. conversations. And um, I was just fascinated by you had this like bigger vision than what you were doing it seemed and i am always attracted to anybody that's sitting in that energy of like i know where i am and i but i also know what i can be or what i can do the ultimately the impact i can make and that's where i think our conversations started off so strong because i was like great tell me more and you were like well it's this 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 and this which we're going to get into here um why don't you start here by telling us what it is that you do now and the impact that you're seeing now and then we'll jump back and see kind of how you got here yeah well you know what's really interesting you know going back to our origin story alex is that <laughs> i ended up reaching out to you because i had an intuitive ping that we mm. needed to work together and that intuitive ping came in the form of a dream so I can honestly say that I've dreamt about you, Mr. Alex Street, came Come down on. like an angel into my head. Yes. Um, and it was clear as day, right? I don't know that I knew that. You did? I knew, that, oh, I knew it was I like know. intuition. I don't know what this yeah. is I got to do. I didn't know that I showed up. In yeah. Your, yeah. In I had a vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wow. sad I didn't put on my actual vision board because I feel like I'd have to have a picture of you as AJ from Insane on my vision board. Um, <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, hey, look, for those any, anyone listening, if if you have also uh, dreamt about me, um, I mean, feel free to let me know. That's always a nice thing to know. And maybe that means that, hey, yeah, we need to yeah. we need to take this to the next level. We need to work together. Let's do something. Okay. So what happens after that? 
after that, we finally uh, we finally schedule a call and get to know each other a little mm-hmm. more. And I think that's where you eventually got to to learn about my eccentric personality. Um, I always joke that I'm like 33 going on 13, but it is you know very real and authentic to who I am. Just very playful in nature. Yeah. And um, I guess you know for people to understand exactly who I am and what I do, I am a doctor of physical therapy and a movement expert uh, out of Phoenix, Arizona. But that story of how I got to where I am kind of here today is really one of self-discovery. Yeah. So my power, mm. superpower, you know, like, like <laughs> Thor, cause I do get mistaken for Thor on occasion, um, yes. is really a pattern recognition. So my, my brain works in puzzles and it, and it likes to discover and put together patterns that help me fit pieces of a puzzle together for somebody's what I call movement literacy, right? Mm. So help them fill in the gaps or movement literacy and make them help them become more competent and confident in their movement. So if I am, I like I have tight hamstrings mm-hmm. and like, would that be it? You're like, okay, great. There's a symptom that we can work on, but you already know where that begins or something. Or you can yeah, least... like, well, how many people do you know that have tight hamstrings, Alex? So many. We Probably talk about like it all the time. Everybody. Me and my friends, this is all that we, <laughs> of course, sure. You know, I don't know if you have this type of hamstrings as you think you do. I've seen some videos of you upside down twerking on a wall before. So <laughs> he said you wouldn't I, talk about. But that. I may or may not have instigated that. Um, I feel like we need to bring that back, my friend. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so the 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 tight symptom of tight hamstrings that you're feeling, it's really just a sensation, right? It's just information. It is a sensation that gives us clues as into how you're moving your body throughout the day. So my job comes in, try and figure out the source of the problem because the source of tight hamstrings can come from a variety of different avenues. Like? Oh, okay. So I want you to teach just a little bit. Little bit? I mean, you All don't right. need to go way down deep, <laughs> but I just want to see how your brain, ultimately, yeah. really, because you said you're, you're a movement coach, but you are you love puzzles. And I, mm-hmm. I just want to help understand, I want to help those listening even understand what is that, what does that look like to see you go to work? So if mm-hmm. it's tight hamstrings, you're like, that's something that's connected to something else yeah. that could be what? Yeah. So you can go down the, the neurological pathway, right? You got some big nerves that come out of your back and run down the back of your thigh. And you could have what we, we call neural tension, neural tightness. So your sciatic nerve, people have heard of sciatica mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And um, that's an interesting one to kind of tweeze out because nerves are like vampires, Alex, they love blood flow, but they don't have their own blood supply. So when you actually sit around all day, like most people do at a desk, I'm not saying you do <laughs> not trying to call not. you out. Um, no, I do my lot. dancing reels. I get up. For I, I see it, man. Yeah. I see it. And I love it too. Yeah. I got to break out some of mine as well. Um, <laughs> but when you sit, when you sit in like one position all day long, or if you move in a certain pattern solely, like that's the only pattern that you move your body through throughout the day, uh-huh. what ends up happening is those nerves become very, what we call ischemic in nature, which is like a lack of blood flow, lack of oxygen. So that mm-hmm. when you bend over and try and straighten your knee and touch your toes, you're essentially trying to stretch out those nerves and those nerves are like, eh, uh-uh, we can't go here. We can't go here. And they become more ischemic. They lack more oxygen. They lack more blood flow. And then they send a signal to your brain to say, Hey, something is wrong here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that we can tweeze out. Okay. But the interesting part about the hamstring is that a lot of people go to like a muscle length issue 
where right. the muscle itself is short. And this is where it's a, it's a common misnomer because the, the hamstring is a two joint muscle, right? So it crosses the knee, crosses the hip. It's never really going to be physiologically short because you're always moving your knee, always moving your, your hip. So you're constantly changing length at either one of the, those ends, like the origin right. and the insertion of that muscle. So what it really comes down to is, is your hip and your pelvis moving as well as it can? And is your knee moving as well as it can, right? And that mm. once again comes down to those sustained patterns that we put ourselves into all the time. And, you know, people blame all their low back pain on stiff hamstrings, but it's really, it's really never the case. It's just a lack of movement variety, right? You know, we always say that variety is a spice of life. And, um, we, I always talk about the fact that the healthiest people are the ones that have, you know, the, that eat the widest variety of food. The same mm -hmm. comes down with nutrition comes down to movement as well. The people that move in the most variety of ways tend to have the least amount of issues and the, and the least amount of pain experiences as well. So, okay. So I think we just got a glimpse out of there. This is brilliant because you, yeah. Right. So somebody's like, ah, doctor, my hamstrings are tight. And you're like, great. He's <laughs> like, I've been stretching. And you're like, so it could be something else. And so you're putting this puzzle together. When you, when somebody says something, they show up and they starts with a problem of some kind, mm -hmm. I assume, even if that problem is I want to get more fit, they're like, well, I'm not there enough, whatever. So you get to then say, great, this is what you're showing up with, but piece, 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 put it all together. And you see, oh, here's what Here's what the image actually looks like. Right. And, and I just alluded, from there. And I just alluded to the physical image too, but there's also the the mentally emotional, psychological, spiritual image as well, uh -huh. uh, based off of your 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 past experience, your cultural upbringing, um, the the sports that you played, the way that you um, view and experience pain, your belief systems around it, that all has a role to play in how you experience and feel the sensations in your body on a daily basis. So we always have to- And you see all of that. All of that, right? And that comes down to what we're doing right now, Alex, is having a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. we, <laughs> this is why my initial uh, appointments when I see people either virtually or in person are 90 minutes to two hours long because we spend the majority of that time really getting to know each other and building a deep level of connection and trust because then you have- confidence in me. Cause like we can relate to each other now. Yeah. And then I know how to work with you. I know how to ask you questions. I know, um, way that your brain processes the sensations you're feeling in your body and the way that you are moving throughout the day. So I, I think it just clicked for me to be completely honest. I mean, um, I've gone deep into your business and, and your story and who you are and, and helped with messaging and everything. And your, your business is rooted in movement. Mm-hmm. And I think I just realized exactly why. <laughs> like moment? just how deep that is. Yeah, because it, I I was going the other way for you. I was thinking that like, yes, of course, the mental and all that stuff, that that will affect how you move. But you're saying, show me how you move and I'll show you and I'll, I'll shine a light on all these other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Because that's where we then can flip the switch on the the model that most the model of physical therapy that most people are accustomed to which is a very dependency based model or even a codependency based mm -hmm. model where it falls on the responsibility of the PT or the provider to fix the problem right but right. that's never the case my 
purpose is to help empower you to solve your own problems. Right. Yeah. I don't want you to have to see me all the time. I say, you know, to my clients every single time that I, I love you guys, but I don't want to see you all that often. Yeah. Right. Cause you are fully capable. And quite honestly, you yourself, Alex, or anybody else is the only one that can actually fix the problem. You have to put in the effort. I'm just there as your guide, right? I'm the one that's mm -hmm. kind of showing you along that path. It's so good. And it just shows so much in your character that this isn't, you know, a bunch of BS that you're making up to just launch a business, right? This is oh. what I, I, I truly appreciate about you is that this is such a heart centered thing and how you're truly change, trying to change a whole industry. And again, I think we'll, yeah. we'll kind of open that up as we now unpack the story mm -hmm. a little bit, but you said specifically, if there's something that you can do, it would be to empower me to empower your client to empower the person that works with you would that be the main thing like when somebody's done working with you is that how you want them to feel or what is it that you want them to feel at the end yeah i, I want them to feel like they have confidence in themselves and confidence mm -hmm. in their body to really handle whatever life throws their way because you know i mean the, the way the world is right now is actually a highlighting a great example of the chaotic nature that is life yeah right yeah. and my job is just to solely give you the tools to handle that chaos. You know, it, mm. it's one of those things where with the human body, we spend way too much time kind of diving deep into the rabbit hole of trying to control things, right? We try mm. to brace, we try to minimize, we try, like, we try to minimize movement, we try to control air, control the joints, we want to brace the spine, we want to support the arches of the feet with orthotics and big cushiony shoes, when that's really the opposite direction that we can be going because, or that we should be going, because the human body, just like life right now, is very chaotic, right? It's mm. a very complex system, there's a lot of variables interworking like a giant spider web, you know, all the time. And if we try to control the chaos, we're going to find ourselves really lost in that process, never really make any headway versus this empowerment idea of building confidence and having the tools necessary to work with the chaos, to understand it, to learn from it, and to move on with it. It's, you know, my rooted in movement symbol is the cross section of a tree trunk. Right. Mm. And I have that tattooed on my thigh for a very specific reason because it is so you know, powerful and so pertinent to who I am and what the business uh, represents. And those concentric rings, the tree trunk are extremely powerful because they represent that growth and evolution of human movement, right? And the growth of evolution of who we are as humans. And I take it yeah. down specifically into like the masculinity side of things with uh, some of my male clients. But then those rings are also very chaotic looking in nature. Mm -hmm. They're not mm -hmm. symmetrical. And that is purposeful as well, because that is representing the chaos of life. And instead of trying to control it, we can then learn to grow with it and learn from it as we move through. It's no wonder that you, you know, again, you've had a bunch of speaking gigs to, to show up and to teach this stuff and, and the way that your business is growing, because I just as I'm listening to you, it's what's captivating about what you're saying here. Not only are you bringing a different spin to this, to, you know, personal training and, and physical therapy, but the way that you're talking about it is, is actually telling a story. So, I mean, hey, you're on No Boring Stories podcast. We're going to highlight the story here and what you were just drawing attention to, right? Just by showing an image, just by saying it's, it's like a tree trunk. It's like this, we're in the chaos. Think of the, what you're in right now. You're sparking 
you're sparking this element in our mind that is going, yeah, it is chaos right now. Or you're thinking, yeah, what is the most chaotic thing in my life right now? Okay, am I trying to control that? Wow, I am trying to control that. But what he's talking about is to let go of that control and actually work within the chaos. And if that were to happen, then how would my story shift and shape? Because he's painting a different kind of a future. So just even in that, in that simple description of what you just said was absolutely brilliant in how that shows up in our minds and helps us see what's possible within where we are um, simply by, again, what you teach, I think is just such a, an embracing of what's already here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so marvelous. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like shifting the perspective and the lens that you view a lot of this stuff through. And, you know, we started off this conversation with the hamstring, tight hamstring topic. Well, we started off with Backstreet Boys. Well, yeah. we did start off with Backstreet Boys. <laughs> um, but we slowly transitioned back into, I guess, the purpose of what we're here. <laughs> but, you know, that Backstreet Boys stuff is way more entertaining for people, I think. Um, well. <laughs> who wants to hear more stories about my past lives? <laughs> we all do. Of course, of course. Um, but, you know, I just had a client in yesterday who sprained her ACL, right? So she kind of overstretched a ligament in her knee. And as I was taking her through some, you know, quote unquote, stability exercises for the foot and the ankle and the knee and the hip on, on her right side, she was complaining of a lot of calf and hamstring tightness mm -hmm. and thought that that was a bad thing. Okay. And that was easy enough just to kind of to shift the viewpoint for her and explain the fact that, hey, you sprained uh, an important restraint in your knee, your calf and your hamstring are just taking up the slack, girl. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're just working like they should have been working before. And that sensation that you're feeling is actually a really freaking good thing, right? So mm. let's, let's embrace that. And once again, learn to work with it, right? Work within those constraints because that's what's going to get you better. This idea of working with it, working with the chaos, working with the the restraints even working within mm -hmm. this, the what you have that instead of fighting against it where does that begin for you like this idea of confidence of showing up in that way that like hey what i have is what i've got like this is what i'm going to work with instead of trying to be something else like go back in your story open up from you know early on you know was the confidence there where does this start well, believe it or not, Alex, um, despite what you, you might see right now, I am was never a very confident individual whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was never confident in my own skin. You know, I was um, an overweight, chubby kid growing mm -hmm. up, and I had a younger brother who just got those, like, natural skinny jeans, right? He was, like, 10 years old and had a six-pack. I was like, come on, man. Like, really? That's <laughs> That's, that's me to my older brother. Right. I, I'm the, I was the, the yeah. six pack. It was like, look at me, baby. And I'm like 80 pounds. Yeah. At 18 80 years pounds old. Soaking wet and just like <laughs> little skin on bone. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. But that's it. So a lot of people have that. They're like, I didn't feel confident as a kid. Cause even the skinny, I was too skinny as a kid. You're too big, whatever. What does that, you're not confident because of what? Yeah. Like you're, yeah. what are you afraid of? Oh, I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid of a lot of things. Um, but what I, you know, I came to realize is that this, this lack of confidence, not so, not just in myself physically, like the way I looked aesthetically, but also, um, in trying to play sports and, and be athletic and then even talk to girls. I didn't have that cause I was afraid of failure. Right. Mm -hmm. I was, I was afraid of disappointment, mainly in disappointing my parents, my dad, and then failing in front of them was just never something that was really 
rewarded, right? You didn't mm. want to because it, it kind of meant that, you know, my, my, my parents were super successful. They still are. And you didn't want to disappoint that nature of them. I mean, my family was a, a very a predominant baseball fan. I mean, my dad was a collegiate left-handed pitcher. My brother was a right-handed pitcher. My grandfather was freaking drafted by the Pirates back Come in on. like the 60s, right? So I thought I had a lot of these innate genetic um, abilities. The only problem is that I was a genetic trash can. <laughs> I, Wait, I, what? <laughs> yeah, I was a genetic trash can. What, I, what do you mean? I didn't get those innate gifts. My brother got all those. <laughs> and you just got the runoffs. <laughs> I got, the, I was the first child, but my, I think that was like their practice. I didn't quite understand how to get assimilate the best genes from both sides of the family into the marvelous being that you see before you here today. Um, so my brother got all those in the second go around. Uh, I was not very good at sports, so to speak. I wasn't really the healthiest looking kid. I had a lot of intellect and a lot of intelligence. Um, I had a very like large hard work ethic, uh, but mm -hmm. those innate gifts never came easy to be. I had to work hard mm -hmm. for everything. And, you know, I would practice more, throw more, run more, and I would just continue to get hurt year after year after year, which, you know, we talk about the confidence piece. What do you think that did to my confidence? Yeah. I'm like, shit, I just keep getting well, it's down. This is the thing where I think a lot of people will find themselves in this story is there's no. this fear of failing uh, right alongside this desire to to um, impress well, to succeed to yeah. impress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they're working side by side. It's almost it's one in the same really is I don't want to fail. I should impress. I should impress so that I don't fail. And in all of that, what's happening, you don't have, as you've said, the innate natural ability to succeed. Mm -hmm. So you're pushing yourself harder and harder and harder to get to a place that actually you're not meant to even get to. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Like well, you know what? I, I'm a firm believer in that the universe kind of plays everything out to our favor. You know, uh -huh. everything's happening for a reason. I, I truly do trust in that. I definitely do not regret all those kind of hardships um, that I went through because it led me down the path of like jacking myself up <laughs> year right. after year to get into like late high school and finally realized that I was actually a much better coach and an athlete, and a much better provider than a player. I just kind of, I fell in love with helping others succeed. And that wow. was the, like the passion that started to build the fire within me um, that I kind of took into my athletic training degree at the university of Pittsburgh, and then down to, to my doctorate in Duke, which actually led me out here to Arizona. Hey, you want something for free? That's going to help you with your speaking. Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching, or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income, and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time, and you'll lose relational connections and I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that help me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks, and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve-wracking presentation. 
So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time look at that you just fast tracked all the way through that and i just want to highlight what you said Mm -hmm. i was a better provider than a player a better coach than an athlete i loved to help others succeed but it took you what 17 years to really get to that point Mm -hmm. i want to like what about that so that's like what would you call that leadership guidance like what what is that strength how do you show up at you you demonstrating an incredible amount of strength in that role yeah in that definition what would you call that well you know it's ironic enough that that leadership and that strength was found in the weight room as well yeah where strength is built um yeah and I think all that confidence and everything, it, it's part of it. But then there's also this idea that it was very fulfilling for me, right? Mm-hmm. I finally found something that fueled my fire, that yeah. gave me energy. And it wasn't being the guy out there underneath the lights, getting all the accolades. It was the guy mm-hmm. that was on the sideline or behind the scenes, making sure that these people are well enough to achieve those accolades. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, you talked about your dad, was an athlete mm-hmm. grandfather was an athlete um and you're like i didn't get those i was i was a genetic garbage can um <laughs> but there is some there's a different skill set here this is what's so fascinating you this highlights for you kind of towards the end of high school and you're like okay this but wow yeah i can celebrate others i can lead people forwards i can coach you like crazy and find incredible joy in that um do you see that? Let's play the gene pool sure. game. Do you see that in your mom, grandmother, any other people kind of, you know, that might be mm-hmm. attached to that? Do you see that part in there? You know what? That's a very great question because I never actually thought about that aspect of the genetics before. I always went down Come on. the physical route. Yeah, I know. Um, and and just quickly thinking about it now, my mom was always the one that kind of pushed my brother and I to be successful and mm. put themselves out there. So there's definitely an essence of, of her within yeah. me, of like pushing others to succeed because I can see the potential in them just like she saw the potential in us. And she has a doctor and a lawyer as, a, as her sons, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. I, think, I think that she did her part. Uh, I'm very grateful for that as well. And then, you know, on the other side of the coin, there is my dad who was always very supportive, right? He created that structure and that container um, that allowed us to succeed. And I think that's also part of this too, because, you know, most of what coaching is, and and you do this exceptionally well, uh, because I know from experience, is Mm -hmm. you create this container, this structure that allows us to transform inside mm-hmm. of it. Right. And I, I say this all the time that, you know, I'm, I'm creating this container that allows for all the physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual transformations to, to, to like, um, to come forth because it is providing like a foundational level full of constraints that allows you to feel safe enough to succeed then. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a hundred percent part of it. 
So, and again, I think your, your story is our story. And, mm -hmm. and what you just drew attention to was I felt like I didn't have this skill. So where was my worth? But, but when we look at this grandeur of life and especially who you are now, <laughs> those specific athletic skills are such a minute part of who you are and could be and can be as a human participating in this incredible life that we're all a part of. But mm -hmm. what you just opened up there was this like, yeah, but I actually, I think I received this, um, this ability to see potential in people and to drive people towards a goal to, to coach them truly is what you in, innately learned, learned or took nature, nurture, who knows, but you, you now act in this way that is showing that as your strength. And honestly you go, okay, who cares if you can throw a football because you're helping more people than the quarterback really ever could. It's not a comparison yeah. game, but just to put yourself in that position, that's a beautiful picture i think and that's always been my goal alex is to have a larger impact right there's right. only you know so much that i could do from an individual basis um which is where i want to take myself and my businesses to have a larger sphere of influence mm -hmm. and i think we do that by yes working with the individual at the community level but then also look at this more globally in nature like who can i influence other pts other coaches yeah. other uh, professionals you know owners of organizations to have an impact on them so that they could then have the ripple effect out into their community and their circles and start to, to spread this information and to help others build the confidence in themselves. And, you know, quite honestly, um, I kind of view myself as like more of like an artist than anything mm -hmm. else. And, and you're kind of right there too, because, you know, my medium is just movement, right? That's right. how I, I, I build this confidence in people just as much as you help evoke your medium of being storytelling to help yep. bring out the stories and other people to build their confidence yep. as well. And it's, I think it's, it's very well aligned for sure. And I, that, yeah, as you say that, I mean, that really is the most beautiful thing. It's when you know what you're, you know, we're going, we're going, we're all showing up at a potluck. What are you going to bring? Well, bring your best dish. And if you don't know it yet, bring something, bring mm -hmm. whatever you're working on. And there's a lot of people out there that don't know what their best dish is yet. Mm -hmm. But I think what you just drew attention there, to there is you're at a place where you know what you're you know what you're bringing to the party mm -hmm. i know what i'm bringing to the party and we're here to help others that may not know to see what they're going to bring next time right like there's this really beautiful pay it forward paying it on and it's not about oh good i've made it it's wherever i'm at right now i at least am clear and confident enough in what i've got to bring mm -hmm. as you are that we can without a shadow of a doubt make a difference with the person that we're talking to. Absolutely. And and the reason why we're going to make a difference is because that altruism that you just spoke of there, I think is is really rooted in integrity and authenticity. Hmm. And I think that's the, the most integral piece of all of this. So we keep going down these other paths and it's just so easy with you. <laughs> ah, why are you so good at conversations? Um, Because I want to guide us through, we're only at high school, but there's a big journey here. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> There's, there's a, there's a big movement that yeah. then you lead into 
a, a specific focus in in physical therapy and and what and and thinking that's going to be the path and i am going to tell a little bit of the story here to guide us okay. through and then that leads to really cool opportunities working with athletes and mm -hmm. kind of which has led to even cooler opportunities to work with athletes just bring us open up a bit of that story right now and and um you know again this this transformation is is still to happen from 17 18 year old matt yeah realizing wow i can help people now but there's still there's still a shift that yeah. needs to happen from him to who you are now so just kind of bring us through that journey a little oh bit. yeah so i i didn't mention that you know i really do trust in the universe and the way that it, it takes us through life here and when i was deciding on where to go to pt school i had it narrowed down between two choices i was either going to go to the university of baylor in texas mainly because they're going to pay for my entire education and i would get out you know without any student loan debt but i had to commit four years to the army afterward as an officer hmm. but then i had my very last interview that i almost didn't go on which was to duke <laughs> I vividly remember it. It was like, ah, do I really want to go down here? I'm kind of dead set on Texas and everything like that. Like I want to shoot guns and exercise and get a PT degree and that'll all be fun. Um, but I went down to Duke anyway. My parents convinced me, <clears throat> mom did and <laughs> went down there and she was actually with me on the interview and totally crushed the interview. And then they were taking us on a tour of Duke's campus in, in Durham, North Carolina. And they took us into Cameron indoor stadium where Duke basketball plays. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Hey, you see those two rows right behind the basketball hoop. Those are your grad student tickets. It's <laughs> like, um, excuse me. I was, yeah, yeah. That's where you're going to sit. It's like, uh, where do I sign? <laughs> and $300,000 of student debt later, I have my doctorate degree, but it was because I went to Duke, uh, that afforded me the opportunity for, to meet two very, uh, important people in my life. Um, one being a PT with the Arizona Cardinals out here in Phoenix. And that's how I ended up out here. I had an internship with them and absolutely fell in love with the area. Right. And, you know, I didn't really feel like shoveling snow anymore in Pennsylvania. So came out to the sunshine where I'm now freezing at 56 degrees outside here in my garage. Okay. All right. We're not going to talk about ironic. temperatures here <laughs> as I'm looking out at piles of snow. So, okay. Uh, yeah. And then that, that second person um, was another mentor of mine in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he ended up working for the United States Olympic teams, uh, the summer sports in like the late eighties, nineties. And it was because of meeting him that led me into this career path that I have now of working with our Olympians, specifically our, our USA shooting team. So it's like, it's one of those things where yeah, you, you kind of like people ask me all the time, do I regret doing what I did making decisions that I made? And like, absolutely not. Cause they led me down this really, really beautiful path. But at some point, you realized, you recognized through influence, through in, impact, inspiration, you recognize that, that the way that we're doing things, because mm -hmm. the way that you were talking about what you do, you know, 30 minutes ago is not how I think most PTs talk about what they do. Yeah. So at some point along the way, that you went in, you learned the books, you learned the, the processes. And at some point that shifted. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. I joke now that I'm like actively unlearning everything I ever 
learned in PT school. Um, I mean, welcome to the club, yeah, not PT I, school, but I mean, that's part of the process is unlearning, right. relearning. And um, yes, sure. it afforded me the degree that I have. And, and once again, I'm super grateful for that, but it was coming out to here in Arizona and working in the insurance-based clinics that really gave me a lot of insight into, oh, this is how it's done. This is going to be my future. And I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was seeing like three or four people an hour. There was no quality time. I couldn't really get to know people. I, I mean, I went from you learn like me spending 90 minutes or two hours with people that I do now prior to that, only spending 15 minutes. And I was like, there's, this isn't, this isn't right. Like, it's just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And, yeah. you know, it really kind of sparked that innate rogue individual inside me who goes against the grain and does things his own way. Um, and I was bouncing around from, you know, clinic to clinic. Cause I was just fed up with that clinic. And I, and I realized that it wasn't the clinic. It wasn't the people in there. It was the system. Right. And I didn't agree with the system. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have a game plan, Alex. (laughs) I'm kind of a a big risk taker. I just jumped ship after two years of working in the insurance-based clinics and threw a table in the back of a CrossFit gym here in Arizona and got to work, which was really uh, an interesting uh, shift in trajectory for me because it solved some problems, right? It solved Mm -hmm. the problem of the time constraint that I had with clients. I could spend as much time as I wanted to with them now and actually give them the quality of care that I thought they deserved. But then I would also be you know, reimbursed for my value as well. Right. Yeah. I'm not just collecting a copay from an insurance company mm-hmm. um, that didn't allow, that they actually then dictated the plan of care that was um, put forth and called into action because you did what was going to be reimbursing you the most amount of money, which totally didn't agree with at all either. Yeah. Um, but then what most importantly that did for me is it, it opened up this time. Uh, I was going to say continuum there. Uh, <laughs> time space we- continuum. Um <laughs> But it provided me more Great time for other Scott. opportunities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, I think we both learned this line from our mentor, Mr. Chris Harder, where your network is more valuable than your net worth. Mm. And that's so true. So, so true. Because now I wasn't constrained by other people's timetables, right? I can go out and network and meet other people, other individuals and grow, not just my skills as a, as a physical therapist, but then also the network of people that were going to help me fulfill my dream Mm -hmm. along the way. And well, there's an element just before you go on, there's, there's an element in there about being, um, you know, the fear of breaking out of the system that you're Mm -hmm. in, that we end up getting into whatever that is, is that this is safe. This is known, this is practical and pragmatic and, and even if it feels chaotic in there, I for you to break out of that, the fear is no one's going to catch me. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to care. This thing mm-hmm. that I care about, I'm the only one who cares about it this way. And nobody's going to even know what I'm talking about. So there's an element there where as soon as you put that table up and people start to respond mm-hmm. positively, it fuels that. It, what once was a, a glimmer, a little spark is now becomes this like, Mm-hmm. at least embers. And then you get this bigger support, bigger support, bigger support, and, and it's growing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, those embers really, you know, the kindling really took fire when um, I got the opportunity to, to start my work with the Olympic teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was back in right after Rio. So right after 2016, um, I had an opportunity to, to go work with the teams in Malta. Right. Yeah. I know you know the story very, very well. Yeah. But, uh, people don't know where Malta is. It is a tiny little seven mile by seven mile island um, just south of Italy, like above the, the North African coast in the middle of the Mediterranean. So it's literally the size of San Francisco, just to kind of put that into perspective for you. 
And that was a, a very interesting time point for me because, you know, um, I was starting to come into my own as a PT and mm-hmm. I had my own philosophies, my own ways of doing things. And the more and more that I progressed down that path, the more and more I felt alone mm-hmm. <laughs> and isolated. Like I was on an Island, ironically enough now on an Island in the middle of the Mediterranean. And then it was also a time point where I knew that my relationship and my marriage was coming to an end as mm-hmm. well. So like all of this was kind of converging along this isolation, this loneliness, it then just culminated on literally being on a freaking island in the middle of the water, um, super tiny island as well. That seemed like isolation and desolation at the time too. But it was a really beautiful place because it was in that moment where I had my table, same table that threw in the back of that CrossFit gym, huh. set up in the Olympic Village now with 60 other nations. And I had so much freaking energy, dude. Like yeah. I was getting four hours of sleep a night, waking up just full of piss and vinegar, ready to rock out for the day and working with my athletes. And, and they were absolutely loving it, right? I was able to have the same conversations with them, get to know them, kind of dive deep into their stories as well, which then built Mm -hmm. a lot of that trust. Because at that point, Alex, they didn't know who the hell I was. They didn't really know me or what I was capable of, but they felt connected to me. And not only did they feel connected to me, but the other nation's athletes felt connected to me for whatever reason as well. Like even amongst the language barrier of not even uh, understanding their level of communication. And it was really interesting for some reason, like the Germans and the Russians thought that I was one of their own. (laughs) (laughs) The blonde hair, blue eyes, and they came up and started talking to me in the language. I'm like, ah, no, Sprechersi Deutsch. Um, Anyway, but I was, I was like baffled by that. I was like, what, what are these, why are they coming up to me? Like, what, why am I different? Mm. And then I realized that it, it was that communication, that connection piece and that pattern recognition that I was using with my athletes that they just resonated with. They felt that energy, right? And it was in that moment too, where it's like, I finally felt myself. You know, I finally wow. felt like who I was, um, was finally coming to fruition. And then halfway through that trip, my now ex-wife at the time was actually to come out, um, to, to visit, I guess, to have a little vacation. And as that time got closer and closer, I started becoming more and more depressed Hmm. again. Right. Mm -hmm. And my athletes picked up on that. My coaches picked up on that. Everyone around me picked up on that energy. Right. And it was in that moment that I I knew that something needed to change. Right. I finally found who I was as an individual and where I needed to grow and evolve. And I needed to then, uh, you know, I don't want to say cut off a toxic relationship because there were a lot of valuable lessons learned in that relationship as well, but I just needed to shift the energy. Right. And that was where that trajectory then just kind of launched me into the stratosphere is what I'm, what I'm doing now. Still traveling with the Olympic teams, having the opportunity to work with my um, special operations populations and, you know, high level military and uh, Navy special warfare. And I'm absolutely loving it. And okay, you just, <laughs> I love that. You just, let's just bring this down one page. Um, and, and I mean, that's it. That, that is yeah. kind of how the story goes and, and shifts and turns. And there's so much I want to ask about, wait, 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 all those things that you just mentioned there. How do you work with them? Who are they? What did it feel like to win yeah. gold with the, with the shooting team um, in, in last year? What? 20, Tokyo. I guess yeah. it's the 2020 Olympics in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that is fascinating and it's who you are. And um, I think it what's beautiful is that 
I could, I can ask you about that now. I can ask you what it's like to work in these incredibly in-depth, crazy, high stress, chaotic situations. And I would guess that the answer would be, it's super cool and it feels great. Like I feel alive. I don't know. I just feel like you would give, you, you would give better words to it, but it's somewhere along those lines of, I feel like I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. Yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll add one more word to there. It makes me feel grounded, right? I, I kind of yeah. feel like um, of this earth <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and kind of anchored into um, fulfillment and energy as well. And to be honest with you too, that was also highlighted in Tokyo now that you bring up the Olympics because that was a very chaotic experience. There were uh -huh. so many moving variables, so many different things going on, like dealing with all the COVID restrictions, having these athletes there in these beautiful venues, yet no spectators, no people there yeah. to watch them. So it's kind of like weird and eerie. And there was a lot of, a lot of pressure. A lot of them have, uh, you know, their first time Olympics as well. Yeah. And it was in that moment that I realized my role was so much deeper than just the PT movement guy. Right. Right. Sure. I was helping them with all the physical stuff, yeah. but what I really served for them was this rock being this rock, this foundation, this groundedness that allowed them to be able to perform at their best, um, to be able to learn to control that chaotic energy that was going on with, uh, that was impacting them at the time. Yeah. And that that's it, right? So that what you just did there, how you just wrapped up that experience is how you've, I think, told your entire story here. And, and that's, that's the beauty of the story is you've got this big journey of going from like, I was not a confident kid. I did not have the skills. I pushed myself harder and harder. Couldn't ever get there. Was trying to impress. It was, it, it was terrible. It was hard. It was, I didn't know where I belonged or where I fit mm -hmm. in. Then all of a sudden sort of there's this shift that happens where I realize, oh, I'm better <laughs> by pushing other people forwards. If I lean into that, there might be something there. But as you lean into that, you fall into a system where they tell you how to do that. And you're like, there's a better way. There's got to be something different here. And so you explore that, end up in this island alone where everything comes together. It should be total chaos. But in that, you find yourself on this small piece of ground in the middle of the planet yep. and find this connection to yourself and who you are and realize that like, hey, I've found something here that um, when I let go of trying to control the situation... When I work with what's going on, uh, everything is better. And that is what you bring to your work. That is what you bring to your life, who you are. Um, I know that that's what you bring to your clients. And that's what you bring uh, it, with every message and every stage that you have is this ability to, I think that's it, go from you know chaos to control or chaos to confidence. Yep. Um, and it's because it comes from your story. That was a beautiful summation, my friend. That was great. You're so good at what you do. <laughs> I just, it's so helpful when I just got people who, are, they really, I mean, I truly believe that everybody is just fascinating. Everybody's really quite fascinating. And um, some people have more like, the Olympics? Tell me more. But we didn't even go into that. I've had an Olympian on the podcast. We didn't really talk about her Olympic experience. It's more about what did you feel throughout that? And that's the fascinating part. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that I, I received the compliment, but I also, I bounce it right back and say, and 
you know, hundred percent, Alex, and I, I totally appreciate you taking the conversation where you do because nobody ever asks me those types of questions, right? So yeah. this has been a breath of fresh air to be able to have this conversation with you and be able to dive deeper into, you know, who I am and kind of the origin story and, and why it is that I do what I do. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so for those that uh, whether they have a tight hamstring or they are uh, <laughs> or they are an elite athlete trying to um, you know excel e- even more or uh, you know they want to start a conversation with you about this yeah. uh, about really understand uh, how everything is rooted in movement uh, where do they find you Oh, a couple of different places here. I'm very active on Instagram at rooted in movement and movement is an acronym. So there's no vowels. It's just M V M N T. And that stands for movement, vitality, mindset, nutrition, and training. Or you could reach out to me at Matthew at rooted movement.com or check out rooted is is my website as well. Brilliant. Fabulous. I, I just love you. You're an amazing human and uh, it's just always a joy to chat to you. So thank you for uh, coming on and sharing this space with me and sharing your whole journey and your love of NSYNC. (laughs) Likewise, my friend. See, we're more aligned than you originally thought. That's it. (laughs) And with that, we say bye-bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.